0: it's a moment in the valley presented by high spots and cheap pops ladies and gentlemen this is silicon steve valley and it is saturday april 30th 2022 and we are talking the world of professional wrestling again brought to you by high spots and cheap pops me and my partner vladi dotty gonna keep it real for you every week on our own podcast but hey Silicon Steve Alley. I like to spit some G. You know, some G. You got to spit G, the kids say, right? Or were the, were the kids saying that like 15 years ago? I'm not sure. But it's been a long time since I've been a kid, apparently. But I just watched SmackDown. And I got to kind of bring it in for a hot second, folks. We got to really talk about some serious stuff. Um, so I watched SmackDown, and I can't tell you. Last night, SmackDown on the 29th of April. And um, I don't know if I'll be able to make love to my wife. I don't know if I can play with my child anymore. I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. Because watching that big load of shit, this just disaster of a two-hour program, Oh, my God. It's just so sad. And it makes me really appreciate AEW, because I killed AEW a little bit recently, particularly about their women's division, which we will get to in a second with some Becky Lynch comments. We're also going to talk about Ryback in a little bit. He said some, he tweeted some things towards Vincent Kennedy McMahon about the releases, but we're going to start with SmackDown. And the only thing that's been interesting on SmackDown since WrestleMania, let's be real, has been the RK-Bro Uso thing. And mostly because it involves Roman Reigns. The Usos have not been very interesting except for being the sidekicks for Roman. They haven't had great matches. They haven't been involved in great storylines that didn't involve Roman. The Usos are just the exact same thing they've been the last eight years, except they're right now brushing up with the biggest star in the company and they're being shown very well. So they're finally giving an opportunity to show you who they are, but that tag division on SmackDown is a disaster. Does it really matter? <laughs> you know, like, who are they Who are they beating over on SmackDown that was like, oh, okay. What, the New Day for the 50th time? Right? Like, the Usos eh, their tag team division and what they've done as, since they've won those tag titles I mean, hasn't been really impressive. So, essentially, the, they finally were interesting because they had a good tag team. And by the way, it wasn't the Usos' fault. They just haven't had any great tag teams to work with because the New Day is just, it's the old day now, or it's the mid day because they're all mid-carters now. It's not the same midday that was five years ago. So you got that. Los Lotharios. I, I mean, the Street Profits briefly before the reboot. So it hasn't been a real impressive tag title run. Has it? I mean, it's going to... I don't think so. So at the end of the day, the RK Bro situation, who is on top of a very good tag division on Raw, and they're the hottest babyface in the company, realistically other than maybe Cody, RK-Bro is where it's at in terms of interest, and they're over on SmackDown every week. Now, they're the only things that's been interesting on SmackDown. So, the one thing they had going on is that they were going to build to the Unification Championship, put some prestige on the tag team situation in WWE, really for the first time in a long time. That could have been the main event of that card. I don't know what happened, but they decided nope Roman Reigns even though he's the one who wanted all the titles he rips the contract up and wants a six-man tag instead what the flying fuck the only good thing and interesting thing WWE has been going on other than Cody has been RK bro like really really interesting Becky's back you know what I don't want look Raw's been excellent Raw's been the best Wrestling show the last couple weeks out of the out of the four that we typically talk about. Raw has been the best one. I've said it before, and I know AEW fans kill me, but I think this review of SmackDown will let you know that I'm probably not a WWE homer, am I? But the end of the day, Raw's been great. RK Bro comes over, sprinkles some raw dust on SmackDown, and then you kind of botch. The one thing you had going on, but they finally will get their Drew McIntyre-Roman Reigns interaction. Now, Drew McIntyre finally gets his opportunity against Roman. A lot of people have been predicting it and wanting it since he got drafted to SmackDown back in October. But this is not the same Drew McIntyre that was a couple years ago. He's not white hot the way he was a couple years ago. There is no chance he beats Roman Reigns for this title. We'll have a couple of great matches. I'm sure, when they finally go at it, but at the end of the day, Drew McIntyre is not going to be the guy who takes his title off of Roman. But what they did, folks, if you didn't see this and if I wasn't clear, Roman Reigns is now are now the main event of this next premium live event. The main event is now going to be the Usos and Roman Reigns, the bloodline versus RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre. A six-man tag. A match that would typically be a meh main event on a SmackDown or a Raw. Let's put, the, let's put those three baby faces together against this faction. I mean, it's been done a thousand times. And they're... Passing it off like it's a main event quality. But here's the deal. They don't need to sell their viewership to their pay-per-view premium live events, maybe, as much as they used to. They're getting paid either way. They're in really good position. They're making money hand over fist because they have completely switched their money-making procedure. Brilliantly, by the way. Absolutely brilliantly. They are making millions upon millions of dollars on social media alone. WWE is is a well-oiled machine on making money. So maybe these premium live events that aren't the big ones really ain't that big of a deal. Because if that's on the top of your card, if I'm busy that night, I'm not watching it. Charlotte and Ronda Rousey is not getting me to turn that shit on. Which, by the way, that continues to bore the fuck out of everybody. And it's, again, closing the show... This show is unwatchable, and the biggest reason is these two people are closing the fucking show. The show went off-air, folks, with Charlotte beating up Drew Gulak. I shit you not. That's how the show went off-air. They had a beat-the-clock challenge. These Ronda Rousey, first of all, Ronda Rousey, does she have a match more than three minutes anyway at this point? Because she can't go unless she's with somebody who really knows what she's doing. Ronda Rousey in a horrible minute-and-a-half match makes... Shotzi Blackheart tap out I guess she's just Shotzi now and Charlotte Flair acting very pedestrian even though she knows she only has like a minute and something to to beat this clock very pedestrian starts beating up Aaliyah does not beat her in time freaks out beats up Drew Gulak that's how the show ended does anybody give a shit about Ronda Rousey and Charlotte do they really believe people give a shit Oh, my God. And then they had the other stupid stuff going on. You had your happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, dude. Big. Oh, my God. Ah! Oh. oh, my God. The cage match was okay, but it was pedestrian for a cage match. It was just, hey, let's do a cage match just for the fuck of it. This was a terrible episode of SmackDown. SmackDown is a hideous pile of shit. I don't watch NXT. I hear NXT isn't very good. But this show, I mean, you got Raw. Right now, if you, if I was doing my power rankings, maybe we'll do this every week. Every week on Saturday, because that's when we get the entire week, we'll do our power rankings to win the best show. And this week, it's Raw, then Dynamite, then Rampage. And they, all three were good. All three of those episodes were good. And then you have this pile of shit. The $15 billion load of shit that is on Fox. The only people that I can think that are actually entertained by this have got to have had a lobotomy. I hope that doesn't get me canceled. And it probably will. So I apologize immediately. I immediately apologize for those of you who had a lobotomy. Or affected. Because those aren't fun. I'm sorry. I didn't think about that. I just remember Jack Nicholson and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest after he had his. But they're probably enjoying SmackDown either way. So the fact remains here, folks, is that just a bad SmackDown. That's all I'm going to say about that. It was really terrible. And that's supposed to be the A show. That's supposed to be the best show. They're trying to stall Roman to get to Cody. And I told you how you can do it. I told you how you can do it. You have Randy Orton. You have the Bloodline take out. Have, have, right now have Roman and McIntyre fight. Maybe they fight two pay-per-views. Maybe they fight one pay-per-view in main event at SmackDown. Then you have the bloodline take out Matt Riddle. The only person Randy Orton has ever called a friend in the 20-year career of his life. And Orton is pissed. Orton is fiery. Orton is a 14-time champion, and he is as popular as he has ever been. And boom, that's that's your SummerSlam. They have never had this version of Roman versus this version of Orton. And it's and I know we've seen this match a thousand fucking times, but we've never seen this version. Now, it should be a much different dynamic because of the guys, not because they're great necessarily in ring, even though they both are have their qualities. Randy Orton is certainly very smooth in the ring. Very consummate professional. Same with Roman very smooth. They're going to be able to tell their story, but what makes these guys great and what makes these guys at the pinnacle of the WWE is that they are great at telling stories. And you can tell with these two different entities now that they are, than since they were certainly five years ago, three years ago, you can have these guys tell a hell of a story, have SummerSlam be it, where Randy Orton goes for number 15. And then you have them lose. Then Orton, you can have him fight with Roman for another month or what have you. Riddle comes back. You know, and you can still have Riddle be on TV. Just be injured or maybe things of that nature. So you're not saying, you know, have Riddle out for a while. But it has to be something, at least a couple weeks before SummerSlam. And then you can have RK-Bro and the Usos go back at it as well. And meanwhile, Roman continues his dominance. It's simple as that. And then you basically put Cody jumping through all these different hoops and he finally gets his shot at Royal Rumble. Cody beats him at Royal Rumble. Orton turns on Cody. That's your one of your main events. And then you have The Rock and Roman, which doesn't need a title. Bang, WWE! I just come on. This isn't hard. For fuck's sake. You don't have to string it along and waste us with a goddamn premium live event with a bullshit six-man tag you get on our average night of SmackDown. That's the point here, folks, as I rambled. I'm going to – being in New Jersey, it's legal to smoke weed now. I'm smoking marijuana, and I'm feeling good about it. God bless you, Garden State. So anyways, women's division – We talked about AEW, that I was killing them. And they did a good job this week with the one match that they had on there, which I'm not, you can't fault them. TV's hard to get. But Deeb and Sheeta had a great match. Serena Deeb is poised to face Thunder Rosa. That gives me a little bit of a charge. That's the match I want to see. So finally, some. Stuff brewing in the AEW women's division. They had a great match, a good showcase of what the women's division could be in AEW. But still, they have such a, such a long way to go. But the reason I bring it up, Becky Lynch, she has come out swinging about the women's division in AEW when she was asked. And I'm going to paraphrase because you probably know the quotes by now. And she basically said that they're not presented as well as the women are in WWE. And she said, quite frankly, they're not as good. And they don't get the opportunity that we do here in WWE and all that. And people destroyed, especially AEW fans. Who Well, let's be honest, guys. I love AEW. It's my favorite wrestling company, easily. And it reinvigorated love and professional wrestling for many people that I think was dormant for way too long. However, The AEW fan base takes criticism like a petulant, insecure 14-year-old. It's just that simple. If you criticize AEW at all, they just blast you, no matter who you are. And there's the ilk of WWE fans as well that do that, by the way. And look, I know why you guys do it, because I've done it too. I used to get really pissed off when people shit on AEW. I get mad when people shit on AEW and they don't watch it. And they're just going by what they say. The people that say Adam Cole's a mid-carder and he's on dark and he's not doing anything. Guy main evented a fucking pay-per-view and they're still saying that. It's just beyond me. So if you're not going to watch it and you criticize the show, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. You don't know shit. And that's that. So there's both sides of the coin here. But AEW does not take their criticisms well. So they absolutely destroyed Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch... Was speaking the truth. There is not a doubt in anything that she said there that was not true. I love AEW, but their women's division has been a disaster overall for three and a half years. They had a good, I would say, eight months during the Britt Baker era, but that got stale. And Jade Cargill's kind of been, has been interesting, and her run's been interesting. Serena Deeb and Sheeta have been somewhat interesting, but overall it's been a very stale, stale division, and they haven't been booking it right. Nyla Rose should not be booked at the top anymore for a while, folks. For example. So AEW, that's the one area that they, you can legitimately say that they have struggled, even if you're fair. The women's division's been bad. Becky, and by the way, Raw's women's division is great. Raw women's division is r- running on all cylinders with Becky and Bianca on the top. But you have the women's tag champions are there a lot. And, they're in, and, they, and their best stuff has been on Raw. I'm talking about Sasha and Naomi. You have the stuff going on with, with Carmella And Vega, you have a lot of really good stuff. Rhea Ripley, who's amazing. So their women's division is getting a lot of play. It is getting better exposure. And the women are better professional wrestlers than AEW has. All that's true. Raw. SmackDown, it's not because it's the women. It's just because the show's a disaster. But SmackDown women's division is a joke. Big difference between Becky and Bianca over here. And Rhonda and Charlotte over here is a big difference there. So Becky, to her point, is fair if she if she segregates Raw from SmackDown, she has a she, her point is very well. But she can look at SmackDown women's division and she tells me that's good. Then I know she's full of shit. So she specified Raw. She never said SmackDown was great. She said overall WWE was great, and she specified Raw after that. But SmackDown women's division is just as bad as AEW's women's division. They're both disasters. So Becky, kudos to you for speaking the truth if you are segregating and only concluding Raw because SmackDown in general if you didn't know is a big pile of dog shit. Speaking of people speaking their minds my buddy (laughs) Rybeck Ladies and gentlemen, the big guy Ryback, he has made some waves this morning on Twitter. Wow. Vince McMahon, like most promoters, has an insatiable urge. This is on the big guy Ryback's Twitter, at Ryback, R-Y-B-A-C-K. At Vince McMahon, like most promoters, has an insatiable urge to have control. He had no control watching his mom get beat up as a child, which is a horrendous thing for a kid to witness as their whore mom tries to make ends meet. Vince has failed to evolve. Fuck you, old man. Smiley face winking emoji. Holy shit, Ryback. Wow. I don't think his vision boards are working out that well. Holy shit. Now, I did a video called Fuck You, Vince. And it was based on him running his show a half hour ahead into Rampage just to fuck AEW. And then lie about it and treat us like we're stupid. And I was angry. And by the way, when I get angry about wrestling... It's just in this world. It's not like I'm going to go outside of it and be like, okay. But uh, I, I said, fuck you, Vince, in a passionate way. And when I said that, by the way, and I've been very complimentary on Vince, Vince, look, he's a legend. He's the most influential man any industry has ever seen. And it's not to disparage anybody else. It's just he literally monopolized the mainstream art of professional wrestling. Nobody has monopolized, no one single entity has ever monopolized an entire art form, an entire medium before. So I say, when I say fuck you Vince, it's with respect. It's kind of like people think I'm an asshole, congratulations, I am an asshole. So it's part of the give and take. I know, my dog Zoe does not like, my dog Zoe does not like Vince clearly. But the reality is here that, wow, Ryback, (laughs) there have been rumors that Vince's mom was whatever, and I don't want to get in there, and I don't want to even address any of that. But Jesus Christ, to go on Twitter, bring up how his mother was hurt, was beaten up and abused, and then call her a whore. Using that verbiage, and then fuck you old man, and then smiley, wink face emoji. Holy shit, Ryback, you chose violence tonight, and brother, you really, speaking of failing to evolve, homie, if you're you're tweeting that shit, you need to go see some therapy, and by the way, I say that because I've been there, I've tweeted some really fucked up things in my day, stupid things. It's a psychosis that a lot of us go through, and I want and all of you, anyone listening to this, you have to understand that too. That's not real life in our palm of our hand. So keep that in mind, and I, that's all I think that Ryback had. He had some kind of psychosis because I see when celebrities tweet like that, it's like Jesus Christ. I mean, I think it's bad when I tweet like this, and I have twenty five hundred followers. Then I think of somebody who has, I don't know how many Ryback has. I'm sure it's in the hundreds of thousands of, of followers. Maybe possibly even millions with his WWE exposure. And f- to bring that up and use the word like whore, it's, it's just absolutely incred- incredible to me that this guy thought this was cool. And by the way, not only did he think it was cool, and just because he left it up there, he retweeted it and then doubled downed on it bringing up how <laughs> because obviously Ryback encouraged some emotion from the wrestling community he's not the most beloved guy it's not like he's a he's a a indie darling who traveled the world and, and scratched, scratched and clawed and tried to get everything he could no he was given the, the keys to the kingdom early he blew it he never really achieved the success that many thought he was going to have he got released and he's been bitter about it ever since and unfortunately, he hasn't been able to look within himself to understand that. I feel bad for him, because you tweet something like this, you're fucked up. You are real. You really have a lot of anger. Because I've felt that way, and I've said things like that. It, it comes from a place of anger and hurt. And so I really hope Ryback gets his shit together. And holy shit, man, hire a fucking PR person or something. That was just... <laughs> and she just died a couple of... She, like, lived to 100, and she just died in January. I mean, Jesus Christ, Ryback. Go get some help, homie. Seriously, go talk out your feelings. Jesus Christ. I wonder if I'll ever be in the Hall of Fame after that tweet. I mean, Matcha Man never made it. Oh, my God. Anyways... Uh, Rampage saw ourselves have a, pretty, a couple really good matches overall had some Dan Hazen hook what have you a really great match between Swerve and Darby and they escalated the Team Taz and Swerve storyline and really great match at the end Trent Beretta versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor Ta- Television Championship there was some interaction with the best friends and the big goofy Indian that nobody likes and there you go that it wasn't the best rampage but it was a solid rampage gotta like that too so aew keeps on plugging along and i'm not gonna bitch about aew after smackdown i can't you're good in my eyes guys it's all good so that's all we got for you today folks we are about a week out of wrestlemania backlash nothing really going on now after that shit pile that was smackdown last night I hope you guys enjoy. This is Silicon Steve Valley. This is your moment in the valley. Presented to you by High Spots and Cheap Pops. Please check us out later on. The, our next video and our next podcast will be me and Vladdy Dottie getting together, doing what we do every single week. I am back from COVID. I was down with COVID, but I am back COVID, you son of a bitch. I beat you like a bitch with some help, with some nice vaccines. And... We will be back later, and we are going to continue on. If you can, please like us here on Spotify. If you can, go subscribe over on the YouTube page. We're High Spots and Cheap Pops. This is Silicon Steve Valley, and this has been your moment in the valley. Here and the lesson.